This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Hello, everyone. Lem Woodson here welcoming you back to the Champion Forum Podcast and riding shotgun with me in the studio is none other than Mr. Jeff Hancher himself. How are you, Jeff? Fantastic. Fantastic. Happy New Year. uh, I wanted to tell you this. I ran out of time today, but mm-hmm. actually, I'm just going to make it a cliffhanger. Okay. I was going to stop by the store today on my way into the studio and, and get you a gift. I, I think I know what it may have been. But I ran out of time, <laughs> so I want the listener to know at an episode soon, mm-hmm. we are going to unveil something. If you're a listener of this show, uh, you know there's some things that uh, our friend Lim Woodson has never tasted before. This is true. And uh, we're going to make that happen live on this show very soon. I ran out of time today, but it's nice, coming. It's nice, coming. Nice. If they could see the smile on <laughs> we're gonna We're going to break into new territory yes. with Mr. Woodson all, right here on the Champion It's going to be life-changing. Life-changing. Forever change. No Forever doubt, change. No nice. Nice. Well, hey, so today the episode is centered around a question that we got from a listener. Let me read it to you. Mm-hmm. It comes from Will, and Will said... Jeff, I'm currently working with a boss that I simply do not get along with. Despite my best efforts to find common ground, we seem to keep having conflict. We have different personalities. We have different thoughts on how to win, and quite frankly, I'm at my wit's end. I love the company I'm with, and I love my job. I really do not want to quit, but I'm running out of options. Please help. Will, we feel you. We feel you, Will. Been there, man. Yep. Been there. There's people listening right now that are right where Will was is, mm-hmm. um, or you've been there, and uh, I hate to break it to you. If you've never been there, you most likely will be. A career is a long thing, mm-hmm. and running into a boss you don't get along with is almost inevitable. Yeah. Have you had any? I've had a couple. Yeah. I've had a couple. Yeah. Yep. I can name them. I can see them. I can hear them right now, right? <laughs> and they know who they are. Here's an interesting <laughs> thing about what Will said, and let me say this to um all of the leaders, especially the executive leaders that might be listening. Here's what Will just told us. Will just told us that he wants to stay with the company. Mm -hmm. Um, However, he has a boss he doesn't get along with. As an executive leader, take note of what Will is saying here. He's saying he would rather stay in spite of having a bad boss. That means that there's good culture in the company. Yeah. And Will feels a sense of community. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking for Will, but I'm making an assumption. This should tell the executive leader listening how important these two things are. Mm -hmm. Now, oftentimes, um, you know, uh, survey after survey, we hear that people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. Yep. So we got to fix this. We got to think about it. And Will, I I feel your pain. I have been there myself. Uh, as most of you know that listen to the show, I spent 24 years with the same company. I loved the company that I was with, and I loved every job that I had. Um, I loved the pursuit. I loved the growth of the company. I loved the people that I worked with, the relationships that I built there. There was one time in my entire 24-year career that I was at the, the closest I ever was to leaving the company. Uh, interviewing, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Um, I can say that now. It's almost weird to even say it yeah, now. Yeah, I know, right? But I was. I was interviewing. Um, I was contemplating making this move from this company that I endeared, mm-hmm. that I loved. Well, why did I get to that place? It was a leader. Mm. 
It was a leader. I couldn't see past it. I couldn't see how this was ever going to end. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see beyond uh, this bad leader, and I was just ready to throw in the towel. But I thought to myself, you know, I've been at this company how many years now, and I'm going to let one leader ruin all of my efforts? Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Before I do something that drastic, I should probably at least seek some advice. Mm-hmm and some guidance on what to do because I was carrying this burden. Why? Because I didn't want to come off like the crybaby yeah. and the person that couldn't handle anything. Mm-hmm. In my you know, crazy mind, I thought quitting was a better option than looking like a crybaby. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly, right? Yeah. It's silly. So I sought some advice. I sought some mentoring during that time, and I began executing on the advice. And I'd love to tell you that after I executed, it created this perfect environment between me and the boss. It didn't, uh, but it definitely created a better environment, and it opened up some additional doors based off the conversations I had with this mentor. Mm-hmm. And so I want to share a few of these best practices today as well uh, for you, Will. Of course, you're in the moment, uh, but for anybody that's listening uh, that may be in this boat as well, again, it's safe to say that uh, the the length of our career, it's likely you're going to run into a bad boss. True. The best option is to attempt to navigate the bad boss first before throwing in the towel on your career. Yeah. After all, if you think about it, if you're listening to this show, leadership means something to you. Mm-hmm. The heart of every great leader is conflict resolution, right? Mm-hmm. So you have this bad boss, go execute. Yeah. Go execute conflict resolution. We have the ability to influence up. Yes. You know, we I talk about the five authority types, you know, the legal, the punitive, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the reverent authority that always gets the greatest impact. When you can lead up and you can influence up, you are exercising reverent authority. Yes. That's a great indicator that you're going to be a great leader. So don't just see this uh, challenge that you're having with your boss as the end. See it as the opportunity to execute on your influence. I like that. And so here's a couple things uh, that, that you may be able to work on right away if you're in this position. The first thing is you got to know your boss's preferences and you need to start adapting to them. And I know you're hearing this and you might say, I'm not going to fall in line. I'm not going to be a sheep. I'm not going to just be cattle to the slaughter. I'm my own person. I'm going to do it my way. Suit yourself. You're probably not built for leadership anyway (laughs) uh, because you're not willing to compromise some things. When I'm saying know their preferences and adapt to them, what you want to begin doing is observing your boss's behaviors and their style, their preferences, their pet peeves. Matter of fact, we were just talking about it before the show started. We were talking about fast talkers and slow talkers. Yeah. And I, I said... One of my biggest pet peeves is slow talkers. Uh-huh. It's like I'm a fast-paced person. Right. Now, that doesn't make a slow talker a bad person or a bad leader. I just don't like it. Yeah. I want to get to the point. It, it's not right or wrong. It's just a pet peeve of mine. Right. You should be picking up on these clues from your boss. Are they fast-paced? Are, are they quick to make decisions? Are they decisive? Are they slow to think about things? They need time to process information. How, how do they like to communicate? Are they all email? Are, do, are they the one that does the flyby and the drop-in? Do they love the lengthy text? What's that look like? 
The more you can match your style to your boss's style when communicating, the more they're going to hear what you're saying. True. This is like, uh, I remember uh, somebody gave us the book uh, when I got married, The Five Love Languages. Mm -hmm. Have you read this? No, but I've heard about it. It's a must read because <laughs> it's like, we're not thinking the same way. Yeah. You think this way. I think that way. I'm not saying that you have to become somebody that you're not, but you better understand how somebody else is wired. Exactly. And why they think the way they think. Yeah. Because if not, like, you know, you're you're in for a long haul mm -hmm. in a marriage and in a career with a boss. Yeah. So you better know what that looks like. We do it with our spouses, do we not? True. It's like you know what their tendencies are. You know what their likes are. Look, I, I could give two rips about a dozen roses. I could care less. But my wife loves how they look. Mm -hmm. She loves the smile of them. Am I brown-nosing when I get them? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Is there is there motive behind it? Yes. What is it? I know she enjoys them. Yeah. So I want to honor her that way. Yeah. I, I want to bless her that way. I want to fall in line and speak her language. Mm -hmm. My language is not flowers. Yeah. What is your boss's language? Do you know what that language is? Working with their preferences is an obvious way of managing your boss without them ever even knowing it. And it's a key leadership skill to develop regardless of the kind of boss that you're working for. Mm -hmm. you got to develop this. We call this emotional intelligence. Yes. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes, understanding how they think, how they're wired, all of these different things. It's a very, very important point. Man. Well, hey, shoot. Let me take this time because, like you just said, emotional intelligence. Yeah. I'm a throwing a little shameless plug here because we have our own emotional intelligence workshop yep. and you know in this workshop we've said it before we give an introduction of the four pillars of eq which are self-awareness self-management mm -hmm. social awareness relationship management because understanding how we think and how others think as well as perceptions is it's the best way to work together as mm -hmm. a team and we've received tremendous feedback from literally every company we've done this it's for true. so if you don't know about our emotional intelligence workshop please jeffhancher.com look us up we want you to benefit from it everybody has oh everybody man. it's a it's a great plug actually i love that class and this has broken so many barriers for mm -hmm. people whether it's boss employee employee to employee yeah the principles are the same right yeah it it is emotional intelligence yep and if you don't have EQ as a professional, it should be uh, the top on your list. EQ is critical no matter where you're at in your journey, and yeah. we'd love an opportunity to help you out. Yeah. The next thing I would tell you in navigating this bad boss is to identify their prime motivations. Hmm. We got to know. We got to know what makes them tick, what motivates them. Right. The better you understand what your boss does, and more importantly, why they do it, the better positioned you are to deliver results and manage expectations that your boss has. You have to be asking yourself questions like, what do they care about? What keeps them up at night? Uh, what, what do they think about? What are they worried about? What are they concerned about? What, what would they love more? And what would, what, would, what would they love less on a daily basis? We should be trying to plug in some of those holes. How much importance do they place on impressing others? Uh, how do they measure success? What do they think about failure? When you know what drives your boss, e even if your boss isn't fully conscious of it, you can speak to what their ears are going to hear 
and use language in ways that line up with their core values and their priorities. I talk a lot about the analogy of fishing and the fishing hook and the bait. And I always tell people, I've never dropped a hook in the water with a Snickers bar on it. (laughs) Why? Because fish don't like them. They don't like them. I love Snickers bars. But it's not for me. Right. It's for the fish. And fish, what? They like worms. So that's what I put on the hook. Do you know the bait that you should be putting on the hook for your boss? Some would call this brown-nosing lamb. (laughs) I call this being tactful. Yes. This is tactful. Yep. This is the right thing to do. Absolutely. Start speaking their language. The next thing you have to do... Hold yourself. Hold. Hold your. Put the seatbelts on. Y'all aren't gonna like this. <laughs> you got to support their success. You have to. You have to help them win. And and while it may sound counterintuitive to support a bad boss in becoming more successful, there is absolutely nothing to be gained by making them look bad and going to war to make them fail. Yeah. Nothing good comes from that. If they're as bad as you think they are, they're likely going to do a pretty good job of that all by themselves. You're not going to have to worry about it. Exposing their incompetence is only going to compound your own misery and may damage your reputation. And your reputation is not worth any boss. I can promise you that. By doing what you can to help your boss succeed, you lay a great foundation for greater success yourself. It may not be an immediate reward, but in the long run, you can never lose by helping other people win. You will never lose by helping other people succeed. We should always be asking ourselves, how can we help our boss win regardless of the relationship with them? Not only is this good business, it's the honorable thing to do. Yep. We got to do it. I remember we, um, we did an interview with Austin Armstrong. He was a young man, senior in college. He he was he was blowing up my DMs, mm-hmm. asking me questions. Jeff, I'm going in. I'm about to start my career. What do I do? We had him on the show as a guest, and it was just rapid fire. Go mm-hmm. back and listen to it uh, if you're a young person wa- listening. And one of the questions he said is, how do I get in good graces with my boss and get opportunities to stand out? Mm-hmm. And I told him this. Frequently, you should be going to your boss and asking them this one question. What more can I do for you before I leave the day? Mm -hmm. Man, this thing opens up opportunity. It's true. Here's the thing. Yes, to your bad boss too. (laughs) We want to help them succeed. It's good business and it's honorable. The next thing is you got to speak up. When all else fails, you've tried everything that you know to try. You need to speak up before you you decide to part ways. This is what I, I just, I told you, my example. I did not get along with this person. I, I, I could go into all the details, but people listening are going to know who I'm talking about, <laughs> and I'm not here to pull anybody through the mud. But here's what I'll tell you. When I got to my wit's end, had already had a couple of interviews under my belt to leave, I run into a person at a meeting, and uh, they just simply – this was the mentor. They just simply asked me, Hanch, how's things going, man? How you been? And it just all came out. I was like, man, you don't even want to (laughs) know. I'm like, things are are horrible. I said, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm contemplating leaving the company. And they were like, whoa, (laughs) what? Whoa, hold up. What is going on? (laughs) 
And I started telling them all of this stuff, and they started giving me this advice. Mm -hmm. They started telling me things that I should try to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, and I got to tell you, I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I did not want to do it. Why? I was mad. Yeah. I wanted to see this person fail. I, I wanted, I was vindictive. Mm -hmm. None of that works. It, none of it works. This is one of those scenarios where you can win and lose. Yeah. You're you're not at the company anymore. You're on the outside looking in saying, I showed you. Yeah. No, that's not the right answer. No. Just because it might be easier to say nothing, to just suffer quietly like I was doing, or or the opposite of that, which is complain loudly to mm -hmm. colleagues mm -hmm. and your peer group, um, or you head, head to the exit, before you go down any of those roads – you at least owe your boss the opportunity to respond. Yep. At this point, think about it. You really have nothing to lose. And I remember having this conversation, Lem, and it was uncomfortable. But as, as this mentor was telling me, Hanch, you're going to have this conversation. Whether it's when you do your exit interview mm -hmm. or you do it now, mm -hmm. that conversation is coming. Very true. Why would you not just do it now with the hope that maybe it could be fixed? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have the conversation. I didn't like it, but I did it. The lesson in that is don't prejudge and assume they're not, they're not able to take feedback or they don't care how miserable you are. Right. That's an assumption. Yeah. And maybe a safe one, but let's validate it through the conversation. Mm -hmm. When you approach them with respect and with a genuine desire to make things work better, you can open the door to a whole new level of trust, Absolutely. collaboration, different outcomes, a door that will remain permanently closed without the conversation. Yeah. Now look, they may be the monster that you think that they are, but you should go into that conversation with a genuine desire for improvement. If not, you're going to have the conversation, and you're going to say, Jeff said to do it, so I did it. Yeah. And you walk into that conversation looking for combat. This is true. Nothing good comes there. Go in there truly desiring a positive outcome. At the very least, you'll have peace of mind in the event you do decide to leave the company that you've done all that you know to do. Yeah. You don't want to be a job hopper. You don't want to be the person personally or or publicly mm -hmm. that's known for leaving when things get hard. Right. Now, there's a time and a place to do that, uh, but try these things first. Yeah. Lastly, I'm going to tell you this. Take the high road. Never let your boss's bad behavior be an excuse for your own. Do not let anybody in this world be such a monster that you become one. So, so too often, people start feeling entitled to slack off, take longer breaks, lose interest, stop performing well. Why? Because they have a bad boss. That's your level of character. That's your level of the brand that you're building. You're going to let somebody else dictate who you are mm -hmm. in the core of who you are? No. Go all in. Matter of fact, I will tell you, double down on your efforts if you have a bad boss. Go all in on it. Don't be this person that just tries to do as minimal as possible. Yeah. That's never going to bear fruit for you. Keep your mind focused on top performance regardless of the challenge. Complain to your spouse, complain to your best friend, whatever whatever you want to do. But when you're at the office, when you're on the plant floor, wherever it is that you're at, mm -hmm. stay upbeat and engaged. We have a shirt out, uh, Lem, I think you have one. Yeah. It's on the shop. Attitude is free. It's absolutely free. 
you don't pay a thing for attitude. You decide. Attitude is not a skill. Yeah. It's a choice. Show up and have a great attitude every single day. Actually, you could argue that handling a difficult boss well can really set you apart. Mm-hmm. Because you're not the only one probably that thinks they're a bad boss. Very so true. how you carry yourself yep. is a great opportunity for promotion. If you feel like you've run out of options for dealing with them reasonably, then don't go bad-mouthing them to everyone with, within your company. This is ultimately going to say more about you than it does this bad boss. Never, ever, ever compromise your character. Man, that's some sound advice. And like you said, I'm sure that you are not the only one that thinks that. You know, no. it, Chances are a lot of people are in the same boat with the same person. Right. So taking these steps will set us, I say, head and shoulders above the rest. You know, they'll notice. They'll a, notice. A smooth sea never made a great sailor. This is a very true building opportunity yeah. for you to overcome. Yes, it is. The pressure is a privilege. Well, will I trust that the advice Jeff gave today is going to definitely assist you in navigating through this tough decision? So, as Jeff said, at some point we will face a bad boss. So, how are we going to navigate this? And that is the opportunity to help us grow professionally when it's done well so thanks for the question will and as always if any of you have questions that you would like to have answered on the show be sure to email us at jeff at jeffhancher.com so thank you thank you for joining us today keep navigating your challenges well and never forget that you have been set up to be a champion in this life the champion forum podcast with jeff hancher lead inspire win 